Today on the podcast, we are talking with Polina Fixen. I wanted to bring Polina on as she is a nutrition coach that focuses on helping women develop a positive body mindset and acceptance. I love this talk because we go over how to feel your best and find both freedom and flexibility with your body and what you eat. She gets very personal and she tells us her story about her struggle with orthexia and there is so much we can learn from that and really in general just how much we as women struggle with disordered eating. This is a really great interview and I can't wait for you to hear it. It's time to adapt to a plant-based palate, minimize waste, and respect our environment. Hello, we are Joe and Sarah Hayes, and we are the hosts of the Bowl of Life podcast, where we are encouraging you to join the plant-forward food movement. It's time for vegetables to move from the side of your plate to the center, and we are here each week to help you do that. So if increasing your vegetable consumption and limiting your animal proteins sounds like a win-win to you, go grab a spoon or fork and let's dive into learning more about how you can be plant forward. Hello and welcome back once again to the Bowl of Life podcast. It's the new year and with that there are marketing messages all around us talking very loudly about, hey, here's how to lose weight in the new year, or hey, here's how to be healthy in 2021, and here's how to set new goals, including how to work out every day. And there's also this one too. Hey, you want to achieve positive body acceptance? Here's how. But I'm not here to say any of those messages are bad per se, because those are all, you know, teaching us maybe to improve our lives in some way or the other. But I am here to challenge you that maybe you are not thinking about them in the right way. That is why I invited Polina Fixen on with me today. Polina is a certified nutrition coach who is also studying the psychology behind eating. So cool. And she focuses on helping women develop long-lasting healthy habits. She helps them make peace with food and assist them with positive body image, positive body acceptance, and body confidence. Welcome to the show, Polina. Tell us a little bit about yourself and why you're so passionate about helping others achieve positive body image. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on your podcast, first of all. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm very excited to be here. Um, And yeah, I am a nutrition and body image coach based in Washington State, and I help women who are sick of dieting heal their relationship with food and their body, and also find a more balanced approach to nutrition that works for their unique body. And actually, I myself used to have an unhealthy relationship with food and body image for a pretty long time um, without even realizing it. And... You know, I tried all the popular diets, paleo, keto, counting calories, um, and at some point I was um, obsessed with clean and healthy eating uh, to the point that I developed an eating disorder called orthorexia. Uh, But, you know, I was very fortunate to realize this at the right moment and to kind of pull myself out of this before it got too far. And so my mission right now is to help others let go of dieting and find the same freedom that I now have with food and body image. 
That's so great to hear that you were able to kind of shift and move in a better positive direction. For those who don't know, can you explain a little bit about what orthexia is? I don't feel like that one is talked about as much as like anorexia or disordered eating or, you know, any of those kind of maybe major, um, you know, eating disorders. So what what is orthexia? Because I think a lot of people actually... Um, kind of go down down into that kind of eating disorder, even though I think you've mentioned before on your Instagram that that's not actually diagnosed as an official eating disorder. Al- although you know, I think we both agree that it should be. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, definitely agree with you on that. So, orthorexia, as you mentioned, it is an emerging and unfortunately still unspecified eating disorder in which a person has an obsession with healthy or clean eating um and as i mentioned before i myself never realized that i actually have some kind of eating disorder i would i thought that i was um, perfectly normal you know i was just on top of the world eating the best way i can um so uh yeah and this is an eating disorder which is unfortunately getting becoming more popular nowadays um a lot uh, because of the social media messaging you know um and influence from media social media magazines and all that stuff um this is the situation when you have this black and white thinking you know you either eat perfectly or you don't eat at all you know and um there are there are several symptoms um when we talk about orthorexia i don't know if you want me to go into more detail about this right now yeah because i think a lot of people they don't they don't know what that you know what it is specifically um and so yeah i would love for you to go over some details yeah sure so let me maybe um name you several most common symptoms and then maybe i'll provide a couple of examples from my own experience so um one of the biggest one is cutting out an increasing number of food groups. For example, all sugar, all carbs. Um, but the problem here is that, well, again, going back to my uh, personal experience, uh, the way it happened with me is that I was very passionate about everything nutrition, everything health. Um, I started uh, to work on my certification as a nutrition coach. And, you know, the more I learned about nutrition, the more I learned about health, the more um, I would actually start to cut out of my diet. So let's say one day I learned uh, that sugar is bad for you, right? Okay, I'm cutting out sugar forever. Like I'm not allowing myself to eat any amount of it ever. Um, Then I learned something else. I remember I read this book about lectins, uh, which talked about harms of Um, I don't know, like zucchini, potatoes, uh, different vegetables, tomatoes. And I I think that this was actually like the peak of (laughs) my orthorexic behavior when I decided to cut all the 
like vegetables that have lectins in them. Mm, yeah, I think and, I know what book you're talking about. Yes, and you know, that was a lot because this means I cut out cucumbers, I cut out tomatoes, uh, zucchini, potatoes, all of that, you know? Right, yeah, which is huge. I mean, come on, you know, that's a lot of food groups. <laughs> That's a lot. have good vitamins for us, actually, you know. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, most importantly, I never had issues with that. You know, I never felt bad when I uh, was eating zucchini, for example, right? I did this because I learned about it. I decided, okay, they told me to do it. Uh, they told me that if I don't stop eating this, probably I will not be the healthiest person, you know. Mm. which kind of reminds me you know so with orthorexia you know you're doing all of this for some people do this um because of weight you know they want to lose weight but the majority of people with orthorexia do this because they think that this way they will be the healthiest person in the world you know mm. mm -hmm. um so, um, and like one step too far, it's almost like, you know, it's like you're just taking on the mindset of all the voices around you that are like, this is bad, this is bad, this is bad, this is bad. And then you're like, well, geez, it's everything's bad, you know, then what, what's left to eat, right? Yes. And, you know, you're, you're right. And you see how difficult this could be uh, psychologically and emotionally for the person, you know? Um, and, you know, kind of to continue this, um, uh, this leads to, um, just to, for example, you know, you stop going out, <laughs> you stop socializing because you're thinking, okay, but if I go out with them, uh, what if I don't have the right food to eat? Right. I can't, I can't break my rules, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's just amazing that though that um like clinical psychologists, right, they haven't diagnosed this as an official eating disorder because there are so many parallels to um anorexia with that mm -hmm. tool, like mind games that you play. Um yes. and I, I dealt with anorexia when I was uh very young. Um and it's that same thing. It's uh, you know, that whole mind, that whole mind game. You know, it's like all in your mind. Like as we talked about right before we jumped in the podcast. Yes, yes, and you know, also you're just your whole life revolves around food. Your the food is your idol. All you're thinking about is what are you going to eat. Okay, you know, I remember spending so much time preparing for going out. Like, you know, uh, if I had to go out with some friends, I spent time before that going through the menu and planning out what exactly I'm going to eat, you know? Mm. There were even times when I would take my own food with me. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and again, you know, just this extreme feelings of guilt and shame when, when you eat something that your mind deems unhealthy food, you know? Right. And I think that that's key right there, that guilt and shame that you're feeling that that's not normal, you know, like 
if people yeah. are kind of wondering like, well, do I have orthorexia? I eat really healthy. No, it's, it's that guilt and shame. Like, I think you just hit the nail on the head there. Like that, that's the thing. Like, that's not, that's not right. You know, like there's something off there. <laughs> Yes, yes, I agree with you. So I probably, you know, the main things to kind of pay attention to is these feelings of guilt and shame. Also fear of foods. Um, I remember when I was sharing about my experience on Instagram, I um, talked about one specific example I had with sugar. Um, so I ordered, I ordered coffee and... At that time, I don't know, like I didn't ask them, does it have any sugar in it or not? I just ordered latte and I thought that it didn't have any sugar. But when I sipped coffee, um, when I took a sip, I realized that it's sweet. And, you know, oh gosh, I, you know, I just remember how terrified I was at that moment. Yeah. I, I you know, I was just so scared I thought that I was poisoned (laughs) oh my goodness yeah well I mean yeah it's that mind trick it starts playing on you and that's not okay no that's not okay but the thing is you don't understand that you don't see it Mm -hmm. so yeah it's just it's a huge thing and I don't think um you know, I don't think it's as talked about as it should be that there is like, like you said, this whole mental game of eating. And I, that's why I think it's so cool that you are actually studying that right now that eating, um, to get uh, your certification for an eating psychology coach, because, um, you know, yeah, you shouldn't be having this guilt and shame around that or this fear that, oh my gosh, I was poisoned just because I accidentally had sugar in my coffee, you know, and then you're beating yourself up the rest of the day. And it just, it's kind of spiraling at that point. Yeah. And, you know, the funny thing is actually these uh, negative emotions that you're overwhelmed with at this point they are much more harmful to you than the sugar in this coffee. Yeah, um, yeah. Sure. Yeah, so your main focus as a nutritionist coach, and I love this, is to help people achieve positive body acceptance. Can you tell us a little bit exactly what that means, though? Because you had a great Instagram story about this, or video on Instagram, and you talked about um, a very big misconception that people have when it comes to to body acceptance. And um, so, yeah, so what is that? Yeah, sure. So, um, and in the Instagram story, uh, you're referring to, I brought up this topic um, about misconceptions that many people have uh, around body accept- acceptance and what it actually means. You know, I even um, um, posted a quiz for my followers to kind of let them guess what are the misconceptions. Um, and so uh, I would say that probably the two biggest ones are first, many people think that uh, accepting your body means loving every part of your body and finding yourself attractive. And the second one is that it means giving up on yourself and not taking care of yourself. Mm. 
So those are two, those are two misconceptions then. Yeah. You know, I would say like two biggest ones. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, well, I think it's true. Like how many times have you heard like, oh, just love yourself more. But you're like, but like how, you know, like what, like yeah. what does this have to do that? <laughs> exactly. And you know, like when you hear this, you're kind of, you know, cringing a little bit because you're, you're imagining that you need to stand in front of the mirror put on a fake smile and uh, tell yourself, I'm the most beautiful person in the world, you know? <laughs> and right, and I'm all about correct mindset, and I'm sure you are too, and that's a huge part. But if you're looking in the mirror and saying that, but your mind is still, like, controlling everything, and it's saying, like, well, what about that little thing there on your arm, you know? <laughs> like, Yeah, <laughs> and you're absolutely right. And, you know, especially when you have been in this, dieting mindset um, and in the mindset of hating your body for a very very long time it can be especially hard to kind of jump from that to self-love yeah I, I i don't i don't think it's realistic i uh so that's why there is this concept of body acceptance right so it's not about loving every part of yourself, right? It's much more about learning how to accept your body for what it is and learning to be compassionate with yourself, right? So the thing is, you don't have to like and love your body. You don't have to like everything about your body, but you can start being okay, just okay with your body right now. And it, it might mean looking at yourself in the mirror and not having an emotional reaction to the way you look. So, yeah, I, I don't like the way my arms look, but that's okay. I, I feel fine about myself and I'm going to have a great day regardless, you know. Mm -hmm. Just taking those really, really small steps slowly and just trying to be kinder to yourself, trying to be more compassionate. This is... This is the key to it. And, you know, I, I really like this analogy. So if we think about the relationship with someone we love, right? We don't like everything about them, but we choose not to focus on that, right? We know that if we want to have a good and successful relationship, kindness and confession need to take place of criticism and judgment, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. This is a really good analogy. <laughs> I'm just yeah. through in my own head. Like, yeah, I don't like when my husband leaves the cupboards open, but I still love him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's the same way. We don't have to like everything about ourselves, but let's choose to focus on kindness and compassion with ourselves. Again, it's not going to happen overnight. No, but you start slow, you start small, and you just continue working on this. And I promise that you will see such a big change. <sighs> yeah, you know, like in your <laughs> in your body, in your emotions, and um, oh, and you know, I just recently um, listened to a podcast. Unfortunately, I I don't remember uh, what podcast it was, but I really loved um, how they what they said. So you know. We can either decide to spend energy on criticizing and hating ourselves or spend the same uh, energy on being more accepting and kind to ourselves and our bodies. I think it's, it's so simple, but it's so amazing, you know? 
Yeah, no, I, I think, and that can roll over into so much in our lives too. And I think another way to say that would be like, you know, the only person who you have in control of is you. And that includes that self-talk that you give yourself. Um, so like what you're saying to yourself, well, you're the one saying that, you know, that's not maybe somebody else saying that, that's, yeah. that's you. Um, and you're, so what are some, sm- you mentioned the small steps and I love that. Um, for people that are kind of in this mindset of, you know, not loving their body, not accepting their body. Um, what are some of those like key small steps? Would you like share, mind sharing some of that? Sure. You know, I think that probably uh, the, the most simple one, the most simple tip, I mean, it sounds simple. It's not very <laughs> easy to implement, but um, you know, it's, it has a lot to do with being mindful around your thoughts, around um, your inner voice, right? So if you do catch yourself um, having this negative self-talk in your head, try to pause for a moment. You know, literally maybe try to count to till five, one, two, three, four, five, right? And then try and say something kind to yourself. Give yourself a compliment. Because, you know, as I mentioned, there are always things that we don't like about our body, but there are also some things that we can like about our body, you know? Right. We definitely can find something. So try try this exercise. Okay, I said something negative, but can you now find something nice? Can you find at least at least something nice you could say to yourself. Okay, yeah, I don't like the way my stomach looks, but I really like the color of my eyes, you know? Right. Uh, yeah. It's just, again, I said it, it sounds simple. It's not easy to implement, but you have to practice doing that because, you know, you need to unlearn whatever you learned before, whatever you uh, have been uh, telling yourself for so, so many years, right? Right. And like you said, it sounds simple, but it's not. And I think that's key because you think, oh, you know, like, okay, like, um, you know, we live in America and we like things fast. And so you think automatically if one day I'm just going to say to myself, I'm just going to spend one day, I'm going to stop the negative self-talk. I'm going to take those five seconds. And then tomorrow I'm going to be healed. It's going to be perfect. And it's like, well, that's why this isn't so simple because guess what? Your mind is still going to come back and trick you and, you know, it's going to, you know, so like you said, you've really got to make a conscious effort to work on this. Yes, you're so right. And, you know, I always tell my clients that it's not an easy journey. It's not a quick journey. It is a journey, you know, but it's yeah. so worth it because at the end, you will start seeing sustainable changes, right? And that's what we want. We want to have sustainable changes. And yeah, so I know it doesn't sound very, you know, very attractive probably, but I promise you that you do that. Um, if you do that every day, even just one time, you know, this is going to um, bring a lot of changes in the future. 
Well, yeah, like you said, that sustainable changes because there's a lot of quick fixes in the world, and those those are just it. That's why they're called a quick fix, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're called a quick fix because they're not sustainable. That you know, like that's that's true. And uh, I love your idea of when you hear that negative thing that's saying, "Oh, well, look at that on your body," or you know, this or that. Like you pause for the five seconds and really intentionally pause and think, "Why?" Uh, it just unpack it. Like, why am I thinking that way? Like. You know, was it something maybe somebody said to me in the past or is that something, you know, like some weird rule thing that was in your family history? You know, it could be a myriad of things. And I think just acknowledging it and unpacking it is huge because we don't take enough time to do that. Absolutely. Yes, I I agree with you. And, you know, actually kind of reflecting on what you just said, um, another thing Basically, the first thing I'm asking my clients to do uh, when we're talking about body image, right? The first thing you need to do is clean up your social media or, you know, just pretty much everything around you. Yes, social media. You know, look, who are you following? Look at the pages that you're following, the people you're following. Ask yourself, why are you following them? Try to actually follow those people who are, you know, maybe inspiring you by sharing their creativity instead of something related to their physical attributes. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, um, I still agree. And, um, and actually, I just talked about this with... Um, Someone else recently, my niece actually, um, the one who I told you is studying to be, um, and she uh, studying to be a registered dietitian, and she mentioned that same thing. Like, hey, you know what? There's a lot of negative out there on social media, and if it's not serving you, you need to take action to unfollow, and then surround yourself with people who do lift you up. Yes, yes, absolutely. And also another thing. Uh, kind of going back to other tips, um, very important um, thing is that, you know, we have been conditioned to think that our worth depends on how attractive or, you know, desirable we look. Yeah. And we often feel like in order to be happy, in order to be loved, accepted, we need to look a certain way. And these are the messages that we um, here, everywhere, society, diet culture, you know, everywhere. And the way to feel better about your body is not by trying to, again, love the way you look, but rather by learning about who you are and what your values are, right? Mm. So that your appearance is no longer something that you focus on so much. It's about understanding that you are so much more than your body, right? So you can kind of take some time and maybe do some journaling journaling exercise and um, think about, you know, who you are as a person. What are your values, right? So what do you bring to this world as a person? Um, and again, you know, this is something that kind of can help you 
pull yourself out of this thinking that you're not enough because of the way you look, you know? Um, yeah, no, that's so true. Cause I think when we're, you know, focused on, on others or those other things that, um, like you said, bring us value in the world, it just gives us, um, well, that's just how it should be that, um, we are not looking so much inwardly, but we are looking outwardly. Um, but the, you know, the thing to do about that is actually kind of like, you, like you just mentioned, taking these steps to get that inward game, right? So then you can, you know, like, okay, like maybe, you know, you have a huge value for, for helping people or, um, something like that. Like you're just really good at seeing the needs in a community and like, I'm really good at noticing when so-and-so, you know, needs something and, you know, then you can kind of, okay, that's, I'm really good at that. And then suddenly, mm -hmm. you know, that's going to be much better than just sitting there focusing on all this like negative self-talk that we, that yeah. we tell ourselves. Definitely. And, you know, the more you act on these values, right, the more your confidence uh, is going to increase, actually. And what you said resonates with me really, <laughs> really well, because um, I used to have a lot of issues with my body image for a long time. And I noticed that once I started working with people, and even just, you know, simply sharing about my own experience, I started to feel how, how my confidence uh, was growing, you know, because of that. Because I uh, had this realization that I can actually help others with the same issues. I can help um, them feel better, you know. And this was so important to me that slowly with time all these worries um and insecurities about my body they kind of started to go away you know because i realized that i have so much more to bring to the table than my appearance and my looks yeah no that that's true um and and we all do we all do and we just get trapped into this yeah this negative mind. And again, I, that's why I think it's so cool that you are studying more about the psychology behind eating. And, um, you know, like, n not that this doesn't affect men, but I think that it hugely impacts women. Um, and like you said, all the messaging around us, the marketing, the models, the people on Instagram that are taking the beautiful pictures. The, the, what did I have a friend send me once? The influencers in the wild. There's one that you probably don't want to follow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> these, like beautiful people on bikinis on the beach, you know, like that's probably not an account to follow. That's going to give you that many, you know, unless you just find the humor in it, which I do. <laughs> oh gosh, no, I, I, well, I definitely agree with you on that because uh, that's social media is exactly what <laughs> pulled me in this, uh, you know, in that um, situation when I started to have issues with my body image, issues with my nutrition. You know, I like if you looked at my uh, Instagram profile at that time, you could only see uh, girls in bikinis. Uh, showing off their uh, perfect apps, six-pack apps. And, of course, that's, you know, that's what I was looking up to. 
that's what I wanted for myself and I thought that this is the only right way, this is the only right way uh, to happiness and success in life. Right, um, yeah. And you know, and it doesn't even have to be people that you don't know. I can, you know, really remember um, a girl I went to high school with who, you know, seemingly you befriend them on Facebook. So this is on your personal feed. And suddenly, like, I was like, you know, you know, going through her new feed and I was seeing her story, you know, pop up on my news feed. And, you know, this is a, you know, a friend. But then I quickly started to remember, like, why we kind of started to not be friends at the end of high school, mm-hmm. because there became this kind of weird obsession of outdoing each other and like one-upping and like, you know, and it was like, and suddenly I'm like, why am I even like friends with her on Facebook right now? Like I need to stop this because I'm going down this weird negative rabbit hole again. And this is with someone who seemingly, you know, would be a friend, just not like some influencer out there that you might follow and think, wow, they're beautiful and I'm going to follow them because I want to be like them. You know, so you need to also think about those people that you may have known at one point in your life and you, you know, were, you became friends with them on Facebook because, hey, everybody's everybody's friends with everybody that they knew, you know, <laughs> whatever. But suddenly they're in the, the personal news feed of yours and you're kind of like, what? what? Like, why am I having these weird feelings come up again? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's actually really amazing that you had this awareness, that you had this realization um, I, I don't think it happens very often, unfortunately, when people can actually catch themselves, um, you know, getting lost in this negative thinking. So, yeah, yeah, I know. And this has been years of work. So don't get me right. wrong. Like, well, like I said, you know, like like Polina mentioned, this just doesn't happen overnight. This is years and years of sometimes working on, okay, like I got, I got to correct that. I got a course correct there. Like that's not right. That's not right to tell myself. That's not right to think. That's not, you know, that's not um, good. That's not doing any positive things for me. And um, it takes a lot of inner work to do that. And it takes that, that pause and that unpacking or, you know, it could even be something that, um, you know, you bring in from your family, like, um, God bless her, my grandmother. Um, I loved her, but she had, she had a lot of negative messages for us girls in the family. Well, stand this way so your legs don't look fat. You know, yeah, and suddenly you're like, whoa, like, so in pictures, I better stand this certain way so my, you know, my legs don't look fat next to each other. And it's like, whoa, like, wait a second, my legs are fat. <laughs> yes. Oh, I know, I know. Social media, family members, unfortunately. Yes, this is where this is all coming from. Yeah, so I love I love these tips that you've gave us about, you know, kind of course correcting and um and I love that you mentioned that this does take time. And, you know, another thing I wanted to touch on, so how do we find that balance? Because, you know, this is January, everybody's thinking about losing weight for the most part, um, or getting healthier, you know, even though kind of what's healthy for you might be different than what's healthy for me. The messaging's out there. It's, you know, it's going to be out there. It's going to be in our news feeds. It's going to be all around us. People are talking about it. So how do we find 
that balance between dieting and um, healthy eating? And how do we know those signs when it's gone too far? Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. And something that I, you know, I was trying to find the answer to for a pretty long time myself. Um, I guess on a really high level, to answer your question, the difference between the difference between um, leading a healthy lifestyle and having obsession with healthy eating, right, lies in balance. And we need to understand that a healthy relationship with food includes choosing foods that help you feel your best, but also allowing yourself the freedom and flexibility to enjoy your favorite treats without guilt or shame you know, from time to time. And you may think that you have the perfect diet, but if this diet causes you anxiety and social isolation, it's not a perfect diet and it's not healthy. And I talk about this very often that health is about more than just what you eat. It's also about nurturing your social and mental health. And it's definitely not okay when food becomes your idol Again, while food is important, it's just one small aspect of life and we just need to kind of keep this in mind. And as you said, there is no one-size-fits-all way of eating. Um, Remember that there is a conflict in science about pretty much everything. Yeah, that's true. And this is so confusing. Oh my gosh, but what am I supposed to eat? Um, and the truth is, that's how, you know that's how I kind of explained it to myself in my head. We can't escape every harmful thing. We just can't. And so instead of striving for this unattainable perfection, whatever it is for you, we need to kind of relax a little more and focus on doing your best with your unique nutrition needs, maybe your budget, your tastes. And, you know, just learning to rely more on your internal cues and your internal signals instead of relying on these external messages, right? Uh, It's hard. Again, it, it is hard. This is something that I work with my clients on a lot. And why is this hard? Again, because if you have been dieting, for a really really long time that's that's all you know how to do right like to listen to those external dieting rules eat this eat that don't eat this sugar is bad for you and etc you know you're so used to this right but at the same time um you kind of unlearn to listen to your natural body signals that we have since we are small children we do have those signals when we're children, but with time we lose <laughs> lose those signals. Well, we don't lose them necessarily, but we we don't know how to hear them and don't know how to listen to them anymore. Oh yeah, that's so true. Um, wow, and I really like this the internal the internal messages, the external messages, and you know if. And yeah, just the freedom and flexibility and not getting into that, you know, 
that rigid mess of this is good, this isn't good, this is bad, this, you know, are just looking, you got to figure out what's good for you as well. And, you know, I think, you know, now is the perfect time. If the pandemic's taught us anything, it's time to start listening. You know, it's time to start like we're home or we're, you know, by ourselves, maybe more, you know, it's time to, to start listening. Well, you know, just because, um, you know, so-and-so doesn't eat, you know, whatever, potatoes, um, you know, it's okay for me to eat potatoes. Like, I'm not sure why they're eating them, but I, you know, I like them and they aren't harming my body and they aren't doing this or that, or, you know, it's really just listening to, to your body or, you know, I know right now it's, you know, you go on, anywhere and you'll see all these superfoods and you know what I'm talking about and yeah and it's like well should I be eating those should I not I don't know like and you know I've tried quite a few of the superfoods and sometimes they don't agree with me and if I weren't listening to my body I wouldn't know that I would just keep thinking well I just got to keep eating these because they say they're healthy I absolutely love what you just said (laughs) I absolutely love it because that's exactly what's happening, right? Whenever you listen to those external rules, right, you stop questioning anything. You, you stop questioning like what's actually good for your body, for your unique body, right? Because, okay, they told me and I'm going to do that. But who they? Like, why? Why, <laughs> why are you listening to them specifically? Because, again, I'm saying that There is a conflicting science about pretty much every topic, Mm -hmm. right? And, well, you you just need to experiment and and see how it goes for you specifically, right? Okay, well, they told me not to eat, I don't know, potatoes, right? (laughs) Carbs. Okay, but how about you maybe try experimenting with this and maybe introduce them back into your life and this time actually start paying attention to what your body is telling you maybe your body will be completely fine with this like completely fine with eating carbs but maybe you will actually notice that you're not feeling your best when you're eating potatoes you know it's different for for everyone and unless you experiment unless you try something you won't know for sure, but you will definitely be in great stress, you know, because of all of this. And again, stress response is like, it's huge. It, it causes the digestive process to slow down and even shut down, right? It reduces nutrient absorption, deregulates appetite, increases cortisol and insulin, and There's just so much that's happening because of the stress response in your body and all this, you know, all these thoughts, all these questions in your head, they are causing your body to um, be in this constant stress response. Right, yeah, and stress is just just huge on your body. And, And I think a lot of people forget too that like when you start cutting out 
different food groups and such. Like, say you're like, well, I'm going to cut out all the carbs, you know, but then like a couple months later, you're like, oh man, but like, I shouldn't have done that. I need to reintroduce carbs. And then you reintroduce them. And then your body's like, whoa, like, yay. Like you were in like the starvation mode. And suddenly your body's like, well, yay, carbs. Like, this is how we feed ourselves. Great. Yeah. And then suddenly you gain weight and you're like, well, now I'm gaining weight. Well, those, those potatoes are bad. <laughs> well, no, not really. Your body was just like saying like, well, I was in a starvation mode because I needed this food. And now like, I'm going to like store it up because it, what if you yeah. do this again? <laughs> Absolutely. And again, you know, it doesn't have to be black and white. Uh, you know, when you listen to your body, you have this choice. You have the flexibility, right? Maybe one day you decide to eat carbs. Another day you're not feeling like eating carbs and that's okay, but you have the choice now, right? <laughs> and, you know, you, you, can, you can probably relate to this, that, for example, when summer comes, I don't know about you, but I start feeling like I want to eat something really light, you know, like I want to eat more salads and uh, maybe less carbs, but I just naturally lean towards more greens and salads, <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. So. Totally agree with you. Totally agree. You know, just, yeah, it's seasonal. It's, you know, and like you said, like we both live in um, places where it's a little bit grayer in the winter yeah. and you kind of, you know, you crave a little more comfort food and then, you know, in the summer, it's light foods and maybe some popsicles and because it's warm out and, you know, like you're not denying yourself of, you know, like, well, like, I guess in the winter, I only ate comfort food, so I better not change how I'm eating now. Exactly. <laughs> I better keep making casseroles, even though those don't sound great and my house is really hot, so it's practical. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yes, Exactly. <laughs> Oh, yes. Or, or you maybe go into like a weird, like I shouldn't eat grilled food or I don't know, you know, like it's, it's like it's, it's, you know, live, live a little, but, you know, be conscious of it and mindful of it and, and everything. So this is such a great conversation about just having a better, healthier relationship with food. And one last thing I wanted to touch on here because I think that a lot of people in the dining culture have an issue with this and they get in this mindset is how how can we stop like especially maybe if you're like in this obsessive mindset like stop counting calories and just develop a better relationship with what we eat oh that's a really difficult question um you know well this requires a lot of work, that's for sure. Um, and I would say that, first of all, probably what you need to do is work on, on some toxic nutritional beliefs, you know. Mm. Uh, the example of such uh, toxic nutritional beliefs uh, is, for example, that um, many people think that appetite or hunger is the enemy or even food is the enemy, I need to eat less and exercise more, you know. So I would say that this is the first step to kind of work on these beliefs and question them. Are they actually true? Are they true for yourself? But, you know, the same thing, like if we talk specifically about counting calories, that's something that I was doing 
myself. Um, and, it, you know, just ask yourself, how is this helping you? Is counting calories helping you in any way at all? You know, uh, because if in my in my life, uh, in my personal experience, um, it was really exhausting for me to do this all this oh, yeah. counting. You know, you just have this running tally in your head all day. It's yeah, <laughs> but you know, like you have to you ask yourself. Is it really worth it? You know, uh, can I do this sustainably for a really, really long time? Because yes, you can probably count calories. I don't know for several months. Um, okay, maybe a year. But do you see yourself doing this all your life? Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Do you? Man. Um, <laughs> I really doubt that. Because sooner or or later, it is going to take a toll on your emotional health. That's for sure. And yeah, what, what if you hit your calorie limit, but yet you get that little hunger pain, right? And then you try to suppress it, but you're like in your mindset, you're like, well, but I already hit my cal- calorie limit. But you don't take into factor anything else that maybe. You moved more that day or you went for a walk because it was nice out. You know, those type of things, right? Absolutely. Yes. Yes. And, oh, gosh. And we're just, you know, going back to the same conversation about trying to listen to your internal cues. You know, trying to have the conversation with your body, like a dialogue. Um, because actually our body is always talking, talking to us, right? We don't ignore, we don't ignore these messages when, uh, we have the urge to go to the bathroom, right? <laughs> but we, sometimes for some reason we do choose to ignore hunger signals, but they are the same type of body signals. Our body is talking to us. It's asking us for something. Well, in this case, it's asking us for food. And yeah, well, as you mentioned, so many um, things need to be taken into consideration with um, counting calories. Hunger level is pretty much never the same. It differs from day to day, right? You gave a really good example. Okay, maybe today I exercised like I had a really intense exercise, you know? Of course, I'm going to feel more hungry than I was yesterday when I was just um, sleeping all day, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. It's like you said, you know, like we keep kind of mentioning the same things over and over again because it's so important. It's finding the way to have sustainability and um, you know, and I, I love the way you phrase that too because we think so much about, you know, we want to you know, be sustainable with our environmental actions and we want to be sustainable in other areas of our life. But yeah, like what about our eating? We need to be sustainable in our eating. And I, I love that concept. And these are just, you know, listening to your body, listening to the cues. And really, it really comes back to that. Like you said, like kids, they know how to regulate that when you know, from the minute they're born, they're crying when they're hungry. They're not crying when they're not hungry. Yeah. Like, 
it's like if, if, you know, if we can get back to thinking, okay, like, let's just listen a little closer. Let's figure out how to um, pause and why are these, this internal message, why is it even saying that to me? And then let's find a way to sustainably live with the eating choices, um, that, that make us feel good and, uh, you know, are providing our body sustenance and, um, you know, those type yeah. of things. Absolutely. That's what it's all about, right? At the end yeah. of the day. <laughs> definitely. And, you know, um, I definitely understand that it's difficult. It's very difficult um, to kind of, you know, trust your body, to go back to trusting yourself because, again, of this diet culture that is teaching us um, hunger is bad. Uh, no, if you're hungry, it means that you're going to eat more. And if you eat more, then uh, you will be fat. But if I'm fat, then I will not be happy and I will be um, unlovable, you know. Uh, and this just, these thoughts, they just keep spinning in your head over and over again. And you believe that, yes, hunger is the enemy. Appetite is the enemy. Food is the enemy, right? Yeah. And, and it's not, and it's not, um, oh, gosh, you know, no. <laughs> we need food to live and, um, yeah, that's true. <laughs> very important part of our life. And, um, you know, just getting to that healthy relationship with it, to that positive acceptance, um, of ourselves, the looking outwardly versus inwardly, um, you know, learning to take those pauses and, um, you know, this is just so, so important. And yeah. yeah. And you know, it's never to, you may think, oh, well, I don't want to start, you know, it's too, but it's like, you know, you know, this is important. We need to stop having this negative self-talk. And, um, you know, I think that that's huge key and, you know, accepting who you are and having that positive body image is stopping that negative self-talk and it doesn't happen overnight. And, um, that's why I love the the small steps that you that you mentioned as well. So, if people want to learn more about your nutrition counseling and coaching, where can they reach out to you? Uh, yeah, sure. So currently, I don't have a website. I do have an Instagram page. Um, it is Paulina underscore Fixen, um, and um, definitely, if anyone is interested in. Um, learning more about working with me uh, you can either send me a direct message or you can use the link in my bio to schedule a 30-minute discovery session it's free mm. and we can just have a conversation together and see if we would be a good fit to work together yeah. Oh, I love that. So we'll link all of this in the show notes. And I think, you know, that's also the first step, right? In that um, positive body recovery acceptance is actually taking that step to realize, you know what, maybe, maybe something is off here and I should talk to somebody. Yes, definitely. And, you know, I wish I actually asked for help. Um, at uh, the time when I was struggling. Uh, yeah, so, you know, it, it can be really hard to 
to go on this journey on your own. But if you feel like you're someone who needs help on this journey, I would be more than happy to be this person who leads you, who supports you on your journey. Yeah. And I think that's huge. The, the support, we, we need that. Um, you know, in so many areas of our lives and, um, you know, and you have such a positive message and, you know, just reaching out and, and talking to somebody and getting their support and knowledge and their, you know, even, hey, I've been there, I've done that, and here's how, how we can move in the right direction, um, you know, I think makes it, you know, and obviously I would not wish anybody to go through, um, you know, uh, doing the orth- orthexia um, route, you know, that you had to go on. But I think also now it, it just gives you that experience. Like you said, now you can, like, like you talked about, like now you can use that experience that wasn't so great and you can turn it around and use that in a positive way to help others. Absolutely. Yes. And, you know, I, I'm so passionate about this because I, I know what it feels like and I know, I also now know what it feels like not to live this way, right? I know that there is another way to eat, there is another way to live. And, um, you know, I just wish I could <laughs> reach as many people as possible and kind of help them not go through the same experience that I did. Oh, and you will. You will. This this is amazing. So definitely we'll link all this in the show notes. And thank you so much for coming on today and sharing with us your knowledge and um, methods and, and tips on moving into a better positive body image. And just loved our conversation. And we'll make sure just to link everything in the show notes so people know how to get a hold of you. Okay, thank you so much, Sarah, for having me. And I really hope that your listeners will find my tips helpful. <laughs> yes, no, I, I sure did. And it just made me go back and think about my own journey too with with food, which has been a little murky. And um, you know, how it is you need the you need someone there to to help you through it and to help support you. And that's very important. So sure. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. That was such a great talk with Polina. My favorite part was when we dived into that negative self-talk that we give ourselves and how we need to give ourselves permission when we hear that negative self-talk to pause and then unpack where is that even coming from? Is it internally that I'm saying this? Is it something external that's causing this thought? How can we change it? How can we change that negative self-talk? I also loved her message of love your body right now. I know firsthand that's easier said than done. That is why I love that Polina is offering listeners a free 30-minute consultation call. I'm going to list all her information and how to schedule that call with her in the show notes. You can find the show notes on our sponsored blog, badtothebull.com forward slash 21. Again, that's badtothebull.com dot com forward slash 21. Thanks again for listening, guys. And at any time, feel free to reach out to us on the blog or on social media. We would love to encourage you and be a positive light in your body acceptance journey. 